woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bards. World What's up everybody, I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers. Previously, the group was forced to split up when the Brotherhood of Iron cornered them outside a magic shop called the Nomad's Pasture. While Brummelstone, Vasa, Claiborne, and Ertleby managed to return to their hideout, Tin and Roberto weren't so lucky. Now, what's left of the Worldwalkers begin to plan how they're going to rescue their captured companions. Ertleby uh, gets quiet, intentionally, and she's like, Oh when she hears that Tin's gun has been taken. <laughs> that she was safe. Very disappointing. Hmm. Okay. Can Ertleby summon all the gunslingers in the world to <laughs> to break down the cellar? Unfortunately, <laughs> no. I mean, well, you could try. You could start sending out contacts and try. I mean, like. You could spend the time to do so, yes. It just depends on how long you want to spend the time to do so. Mm-hmm. We have I mean, all I'm... the time to spare, really. Yeah, I mean, it... we, we don't have to dream. We do have a decent amount of time. I don't know. Like, I guess the Nightmares could show up and kill all the doppelgangers. Do doppelgangers dream? Uh, yeah. Well, well so, suffice to say, it doesn't matter how successful um, Ertl B is. Just, I mean... She... It's not like during the rest of the day we're doing anything else. She can go ahead and sp- to spend time sending out surreptitious uh, messages to the Gunslinger Guild. Like, there, it's not like she's busy, occupied doing anything else. Yeah, I'll, I'll fire off a bunch of letters to um, Ben Manley and anyone I think could know him, explaining mm-hmm. the sitch. Um, but... We also have, like, the bigger fish to fry, which is, like, the immediate problem of the fact that both of our tanks are in a giant, impossible-to-breach prison. <laughs> At least we're together. What is the what is the letter system of uh, COG? Uh, they don't really have any, so she's going to have to try to find, like, a carrier pigeon and then hope that the carrier pigeon will find Benjamin Manley for her. She would also put in that they've got a they've got a a master in the cellar too. Um, guys, this is so hard. What do we do? What do we do? Ah. Well, the, our only our only the like things are slightly worse because we now have to rescue two forged from the goddamn cellars. But in terms <laughs> of in terms of our attack advantage, we haven't actually lost or gained anything because we were down ten no matter what. That's so true. it's not like we would have had her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, now we're gonna we're gonna want to go find the weapons for tin, right? Yeah. Now we can. That makes it even now. We're technically we're rescuing three things from yeah. the cellar. We have to rescue one forge. Then we have to rescue the other forge. Then we actually have to break into the equipment room to get the fucking gun, assuming the gun is in the equipment room. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Guys, I feel like I need to sleep on this. Like, I have no idea what the way forward is. Is um, not happy? I think we still get a glove, and then we just get sneak in, and then hopefully sneak out. What is what is Claiborne's uh, been her attitude since we discovered that now we have a gunslinger as well trapped in the cellar with her separated gun? <clears throat> well. She, I mean, her attitude about it doesn't necessarily change as much because she doesn't, I mean, in the nicest way possible, she doesn't care about anything like the Gunslinger's Creed or anything like that. I, I mean, like, it's like, she already feels like we have to go save Brummelstone's brother. So nothing is going to make that worse. Oh. If you were to ask her, um, she'll let you know. She's like, it's already a terrible situation. Like, once we get in there, it's going to be crazy if we slip up even once. So, rescuing one prisoner, rescuing two prisoners, I mean... Rescue yeah. them all. Vasa tries to draw strength from that. He's like, oh, we're already so deep in the shitter, it can't get shittier. You're right. 
Let's kidnap a dwarf. Um, so we're going with the original plan of kidnapping at least one dwarf, um, ideally a mid-level one who might have more information on like the, both the locking mechanisms and the security systems. And we're going to stash his body. Uh, Vasa would like to weigh the body down with water and you know dump it in the harbor or whatever, or chop it up into pieces and scatter those pieces somewhere in the sewer where they can't be found. Um, Natch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for but, also just yeah. for a simple just like stabbing until he bleeds out. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you can you can get him dead, but then it's, it's disposing a body is harder than killing a body. We would have been regularly sending doppelgangers out for information. Has the has the iron uh, has the iron brotherhood shown any signs of relaxing the guard even a little bit? Probably not. Not at all. No, they're they're heavily monitoring both the port and the jump rail station. Now, well, is there is there like a Christmas for the? them coming we up that we can <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, actually Vasa might have helped Brummelstone at this point starts like she starts talking about how the teleport how people teleported back on her world and she would hope that Brummelstone would get some inspiration because we do have a teleportation scroll. So we could maybe we could teleport out of the cellar. That's an interesting idea. Can we teleport out? So Brummelstone you would know that you would have to be able to draw the sigil to where you want to go. We're talking like personal sigils people use for their, you know, their homes, their wizard sanctums, their temples, stuff like that. Okay, so teleportation is not an option. Unless Brummelstone is aware of any teleportation ability. Unless you go buy a teleportation scroll, Claiborne says, but I don't know how much money we have left. Didn't we already Did buy, we already buy a tele? We bought a teleportation circle scroll. Yeah, it activates based on the scroll. Oh. It's like a, basically a key, right, for the... Yeah. There's the ignition we just bought. The, how the much people. is uh how much is a teleportation scroll? Um, I mean the one we bought was about six hundred and some, right? Six hundred and forty gold, so probably around there. How much gold does everybody else have? Ten. Well, you know, sixty. And um, which is Claiborne's like I've got seventy five gold. Uh, can Vasa just go on a pickpocketing spree? Uh, terrorizing the small towns at night <laughs> by breaking into their homes, taking their gold? I mean, you could start breaking and entering places, sure. Uh, she would start with um, not the well-off end. She would go with the sort of like, you know, outskirts or whatever that look less less well-off, but also less well-guarded. All right, so I think you're actually tapping into a rule I haven't had to use before. Ooh. <gasps> you get just a massive, massive amounts of wealth. Because there's a thing, there's a system in the game called downtime activities. Things you can do while you're party, like, you know, just to kind of speed up gameplay, show what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that Montage. may be yeah. a system. Yeah, that's actually kind of what it is. Like, Cool. Show lots of things happening yeah. at once. Remind everyone of what's going on. <laughs> Gonna need a Montage! <laughs> montage! <laughs> Now I'm looking at montage instead of what I'm trying to fucking look. It's <laughs> like M O N montage. It's like there's no montage in here. And she doesn't. She doesn't exactly like steal the entire purse off of. Well, I mean, she doesn't like rob people of everything. She just like maybe takes ten gold from this household, ten gold from that household. She's like opposite Santa. <laughs> I love it. I love. I want there to be legends told of opposite Santa in Cosmic for years to come. <laughs> That's what happens to the bad children. Bad children whose parents tried to have a decent life. Oh. Poor kids never got stolen from for some reason. Guys, I'm still worried about killing this dwarf. Can we make sure he's a jerk first before we kill him? Because what is the They're all jerks. Yeah, he's the- part of the Brotherhood of Iron. They, they're they like they got like grade A at sticks stuck up their asses. They're yeah, all jerks. Tin, they were just tin can us. also second the fact that they're jerks. <laughs> yeah. What if they just wanted to take us to like question us or something? What if well, they wanted they to give us have presents before we scattered? <laughs> that was the best decision at the time. It worked out great, except Tin got confused. Um, <laughs> Never leave the forge alone is what we're learning. <laughs> <laughs> Tin, I was right there with you. Um, I just, I feel like if we kill this dwarf, I feel like if we don't, it's the you same. I mean, we can tie him up. 
The only, argu- the only argument for sparing the dwarf's life is that if we do get caught, we don't get capital punishment such as seller for life because we took a dwarf's life. He, what if he's like a really nice member of the Brotherhood of Iron? What don't if he fucking just joined? Care. He's like a teenager he's like and he's like so happy. Well, we're going, we're going for a higher up, so they're likely to be older. Okay, yeah, like, middle managers are always awful. That's true. Yeah, if it's an old one, if we find an old one who like looks to be in in the upper echelons and has power, that's different than like a young, fresh-faced uh, dwarf who's like first day in the guild, really excited, like put uh, on his special guild badge and guild tie and guild hat. Um, or brotherhood. Vasa would try to be patient and understanding of Ertleby, but she would remind Ertleby that this dwarf that she's trying to protect is standing in our way of not only rescuing our two companions that we set on this quest for, but also impeding our search for her son. But, like, that's, that's true. Um, the premise, though, is that it's, like, so probable that he'll somehow escape from whatever we tie him up in, that, like, it's not worth keeping him alive. But what if we just tie him up really good? So you want us to cut off his legs? Because that would definitely prevent his escape. We could break them. I guess the problem is what happens once we leave? He knows too much. That's what's condemning him. It's not not necessarily just him. Because we, we disguise ourselves when we kidnap him. But then he would see the doppelgangers, so he would know that the doppelgangers have made an active move against the Brotherhood of Iron. Then no doppelganger is safe. Yeah, and your poem feels... would be for nothing. Yeah, that's, this is all true. My poem has to be for something. Yeah. But, like, do, do they know what it feels like to be doppelganged? Because if we all, like, if we have them blindfolded, and we're just being like, it's us, the syndicate. Uh, <laughs> here we are, the syndicate. Hey, Lenny, D- did Roberto feel any? Did, did Roberto feel anything when the doppelganger drew a memory from him? You'd have to ask him. God, fuck yeah. <laughs> we could just get doppelganged ourselves. Yeah, that's true. Boss is not I- volunteering. <laughs> that must do <laughs> you have the least secrets. You go first. Well, the doppelganger's like, we could just tell you. Oh, yeah. Doppelgangers, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, one of them says, I mean, there is a, from what I understand, a slight heady sensation. Kind of like um, maybe being tipsy. Do you need the dwarf conscious to draw his memories? Yes. Ah, see, there we go. But blindfolded. But he might feel the difference. He'd feel something happened, and then if he went and spoke to enough of his brotherhood, I mean, they might put it together. I mean, we could literally force him to drink alcohol until he's so inebriated and head spinning that then a little additional headiness might not affect him. That's a that's a lot to do to exactly. put a lot of doppelgangers at risk. You know, I, just, like you're I have still such a bad feeling putting... about killing the dwarf. It's going to be the nicest dwarf, the nicest Brotherhood dwarf, <laughs> who just is like on his his daughter's birthday. Where was the sadness when you took the dwarf into? Fight the dragon that had forgetting spells on his hands. <laughs> oh. That dwarf, that dwarf was nothing to you, huh? <laughs> All of a sudden, cog dwarves are so important. To <laughs> I, I, I already <laughs> forgot that one. I don't even remember him anymore. <laughs> Damn. Oh man. Um. As for your question that. about um, ransacking the town. There is essentially a system that you you can get two gold a day. What? This is a poor ass town. The <laughs> no, Brotherhood no, so, of Iron is a plague. So there's a subsystem in D and D that I don't use, and it's called yeah. living expenses. It oh. actually is supposed to cost you guys like a gold a day to live okay. Oh man, uh, it's supposed to okay, nickel fine. and dime you every day. Fine. And I don't play with that system, but what they have is they have downtime. And you can practice your profession um, in your downtime. And we didn't so, buy a certain forged gauntlets that he has no point in using because he's in the freaking <laughs> cellar. Well, he wasn't in the cellar at the time. You could sell those daggers. No, we're going <gasps> to use them to fight our way out. Oh, <laughs> snap. Uh, All right, so. Guys, this um, mission is tearing us apart. <laughs> 
Claiborne <laughs> says, uh, so what's the plan? Are we going to go? I mean, I don't know. Doppelgangers, are you good at? I mean, do you want to try and bring in one of the Brotherhood? I feel like it should be one of us or some of us. Or yes, all of we're us. going dwarf hunting. It's dwarf hunting time. All right. So where do you guys want to do this at then? Claiborne says, like, should we go into the lower level and try and catch one of them there while they're ripping it up? Well, we shouldn't we shouldn't even try to kidnap one until we have some form of plan of how to get out. We can't afford for him to be missing a day or two because that will surely raise suspicions. This is true. Sneakiness. Sneakiness is our plan. That's a plan to get in, but that's that won't be a plan to get out. We would have liberated two of their prisoners and stolen something from their equipment room. And that that is true. I was thinking about that myself, Claiborne says, because sneaking only gets us so far. Like once they know we're in there, they're locking down. We can't sneak our way past a locked door if there's guards in front of it. The moment that we're discovered, that place is getting locked down and we're going to have to fight. Fight in the literal heart of the Brotherhood of Iron. Yes. Where the Gundams are around every corner and the dwarves are everywhere. And before we get down there, Claiborne says, I honestly want to have this talk before we go down there. I need to know. We've been pretty... um, pretty consistent in this line of thought so far, but now that we're going into the cellar, I need to know ahead of time, are we going after the other gunslinger? No. Because I don't want to get down there, and no offense, please, uh, Ertle B, but I don't want to get down there and then find out suddenly we have to. No, we don't have to. Roboto and Tina are the only important things. I still, of course, want to figure out what Torrance is up to, but I've been much calmer on that front ever since I saw that really bad transportation circle uh, he made. (laughs) I have a a feeling he's stuffed away somewhere safe. The reason I bring it up is that earlier you were speaking as if because they have Tin's gun that we're now going to have to go into the uh, storage facility. I didn't know if that was because she should have her gun or because the Gunslinger Creed forces you to go get that gun. Does the Gunslinger Creed force you to go get that master? Well, I'm just saying that, like, if they have the ma- a master, they're going to have that master's weapon stored as well. Is your creed going to force you to go in there and rescue that master's weapon? Well, I mean, if we're there, and it's there. Um, <laughs> and she kind of casts a look at Brummelstone like, hmm? You, we should be straightforward about this. So, depend. there's a lot of... So our priority right now is obviously Tin, Tin's weapon, and Roberto. If we are lucky, and the dwarf that we kidnap happens to have some information of the location of uh, the the gunslinger master's cell... Having another gunslinger to shoot our way out is not a bad thing. But if it's so out of the way and she's on a deeper level or she's on even higher maximum security, there's no way we're going for her. Yeah, I think we need more information, and I also need a refresher course on the gunslinger's oath. What what did I promise to do again? (laughs) Always be loyal and true. If anyone gains possession of either the secrets of gunsmithing or a firearm, it is the duty of all gunslingers, including you, to remove them from existence. (gasps) <gasps> oh, you fuck, have to dude. kill them <laughs> according to the campaign guide. I take okay. everything back. All right, Ertlebe has no objections to killing them all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that oath doesn't really mention getting the gun. It just means killing them. Uh, correct, technically. Okay, <laughs> we just go to the equipment room. We just need to kill them all. Yeah, you'd have to kill every single person and then hope that nobody ever picked up the gun and started cracking the secrets of guns, uh, smithing. Okay, we need to get the guns. Uh, I think we actually have to burn this entire city to the ground. It's <laughs> <laughs> be a hell of a lot easier than breaking into that cellar. Fuck the city. Tin, you wake up. You find yourself in a small cell. It's only 10 feet by 10 feet. There are multiple bars that it'd be almost impossible to squeeze through. There is, there doesn't seem to be 
a keyhole at all, especially on your side, obviously. <laughs> the floors are just hard stone. There's no windows. Um, and as you start to shift, uh, Roberto, you can hear metal grinding in the cell next to you. Hello? Who's there? Roberto! <gasps> Roberto! Ten! Oh my god, you wouldn't believe the day I had. <laughs> <laughs> you each have one hit point, just so you know. Oh, oh, and you um, haven't like rested it to get any kind of healing oh, surges back. Do I have any? They, they took everything, right? Everything. Do I still have my pants? My cat. You have your pants, not your cat. <gasps> okay, now I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, like you know, um, what what tin? What uh, what does your surroundings look like? Looks like a, it's, uh, it's looking pretty gray on my end over here. Uh, what do I see? The exact same thing. I mean, there's there's cells across from you, but yours, the one across from you is empty. Now, um, in front of you, there's no one in the cell, but in front of uh, Tin, there is somebody. The person that you see, they're actually chained up to their wall, and they have metal cuffs around their hands. And they're hanging from their cell. Um, their feet are chained as well. And the person that you see, they have kind of long blonde hair that looks like it used to be in a ponytail. And there's a long streak of white that hangs in front of all of that. They have a tattered, what used to be a beautiful blue robe. They've also got what's left of clothing. It looks like maybe they've been beaten and tortured. And the person kind of, like, pulls their head up and looks at you, and you recognize the silvery eyes right away as Nina looks up at you, and she's like, Tin. Fucking knew it. Is that you? Oh, my God. Oh, oh my shit. Tin, do you know this person? Um, yeah, Tin, Tin is... She immediately gets up, stands up, and goes to the bars and gets as close to get a better look at Nina and and, and talks to Roberto and is like, it's my it's my gunslinger master. Oh fuck. Nina, what happened? What brought you here? They They're using some kind of I don't know what it is, some kind of technology that can rip the metal out of your hands. They surrounded me with with vault armors and they took me down. They took your gun too. They took my gun as well. They took mine. They want to know how to build the guns. <gasps> they want to know how to use the firearms. And and she looks really worried and she's like I'm going to die before they learn it. But the problem is... And she looks up at you and she's like, but the problem is that it's... They're going to have a lot longer to work on you, aren't they? And she kind of looks over, like, looks up and down your body because you're forged. Uh, Tin is, like, holding onto the bars. And if she had flesh, it would be white-knuckled grip. And... uh, (laughs) She, you probably hear like grinding as she's just holding on to the bars, and uh, she says, Every single one of them will die. Uh, like a, a piece of metal falls down Roberto's pants. Yeah. Just like a bolt, a little like nut. Yeah. And um, she says, I hope so, but. And she kind of coughs up something. You can't see what it is. And she's like, I don't think I'll be around to see it. Tin is very, very upset. But her... She kind of goes into, like, flashback mode of, like, the war kind of... Yeah. <laughs> war flashbacks and just knowing of people that she's lost. And and she just knows that the inevitable is to keep the eye on the prize. And she's like... We're going to get you out of here. And she's like, 
I can't see from here. And that, that alone probably hits you really hard because of all the gunslingers, like of the five masters, she's the sniper. And she's saying that she can't see you from here. <gasps> and she says, did you ever get your wings fixed? Uh, Tin, Tin is, uh, holding, <laughs> holding back that emotion. Um, but she, yeah, she's, no, Nina, I haven't gotten them fixed. Do you have any, does anyone know you're down here? I'm traveling with a group with another gunslinger. We had gotten separated. I had made a terrible mistake, and I came back to the city and was captured upon my return. I have complete faith that they know and will find us here. Who is it? Ertleby Withers. She kind of thinks for a second, and she's like, that's one of Benjamin Manley's. She's can, a she's a good folk. Can she can she contact Benjamin? Do you think? I think she could if she knew that she had to. And she kind of coughs up again, and she's like, "It's not about me anymore. It's about the Brotherhood. We don't know what they know. For all we know, they could have cracked." too many secrets and then she kind of coughs up again and she looks up at you and she's like they can't exist anymore by my oath everyone will die if the secrets of gunsmithing get out I mean it's just like what we fought against in Dormanir if the secrets of gunsmithing get out it's just going to lead to war after war, especially, especially if Dormanir gets their hands on it. They've been searching up and down for ways. And she just kind of shakes her head and uh, she's like, I need to, I need to rest again. I have to get my strength back up before they show up, so... And then she just kind of puts her head down and she doesn't finish her sentence. Uh, Tin just... She looks over at her master again. Um, and is just completely tense. And lowers her arms. And turns to where she can hear Roberto's voice. As Roberto, we need to do all we can to figure out how we can try and get out of here, too. Agreed. Uh, what is this? Like, is it like, what is separating us? Is it a wall of stone? A, like a, yeah, a thick stone wall. Fuck. Get out that spoon. <laughs> oh, man. Um, fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I guess I would, in the meantime, I would be, like, testing out the strength of the bars. Just yeah. kind of um, trying to s assessing my situation. Right. I'd probably try to give. I'd probably give the boys a kind of like a a good hard push. Yeah, give me a strength check. At attempt and attempt sixteen. They don't look. Like they're gonna budge at all. They don't feel like they could budge in any way, shape, or form. Tin is pressing herself up against the bars again to see if she can see anything past out in the hall yeah so if you kind of look around you can see that the cells keep going down to the right pretty far like you think you can see the end of the hallway mm -hmm. but you're not sure if you're just hoping you can see the end of the hallway but to the left you're actually pretty close to the door it is a huge thick wooden door with absolutely this is the thing that kind of throws you off is that you you know it's thick wood, if for all, no other reason, because it's not fortified by any kind of metal. 
There's no handle. There's no keyhole. You can't even look through it. It's just a big, like, 15-foot-tall, thick wooden door. Roberto would still try to inspect even closer at, like, any, like, if there's any chips in the walls. Mm -hmm. Give me an investigation check. Ten. Ten. Um, The only thing you find are sometimes, like, um, little streaks of what might be dried-up blood. Oh, great. Like, as if maybe somebody was clawing at the walls. That's a weak point. Go for there's it. A, uh, <laughs> there's, like, there's like a small broken fingernail on the ground. Ew! Ah, oh, gross human that. remains. Thanks a um, lot, Pedro. So <laughs> gross. Wow. Um. Yup. I'm. Yeah. I got nothing over here, Tin. Are there any any kind of debris or anything that looks like it can be used for any purposes, or is it just? completely clean it's everywhere. it's pretty clean i mean i'm not gonna say like, there's no specks no tiny rocks but nothing that you think you'd be able to use to do anything with this like this this metal door is particularly weird because like i said like even if you were to feel on the outside of it and you can look across the hall and see there's there's no keyhole um what they have instead is there is a big uh maybe it's like um like half a foot square and there's just like an, it, you can look inside of it, and inside there's just another bar of metal. And that's on the doors, or on the like on the doors to our cells, or on the the door. On the doors to the boat. cells, like it's almost like okay. there's like a square, almost more of a rectangle, mm-hmm. a gap, and inside there is just another metal bar. Um, tin. And we haven't rested or anything, right? Because we're still dying. Well, fudge. You hear metal grinding from um, the wooden door. You hear, like, one slab of metal move inside the wooden door, and then another, and then something else move, and then fall. And then you see the door get pushed open. And inside uh, walks a dwarf who has a pair of... um, like dark, smoky emerald goggles. He has mostly um, like light grayish, almost white hair. Um, he's wearing the same kind of garb that the rest of the dwarves are wearing. And kind of wearing like kind of like this weird, like kind of like modified leather armor. He has a set of tools around him, but he also has a book. And he comes in, the door shuts. He's wearing the same gauntlet that the rest of them are wearing. And uh, he walks up to you. And he says, how are you enjoying your stay? Uh, Tin, for once, does not have a a sassy comeback. She just stares icily back at him. And she says, I trust you know your neighbors. She just continues to be quiet. Alright, so... I don't know if this gunslinger is your master... I know that you're using the same weapon, so I'm going to go ahead and draw that conclusion. I also assume that the person next to you, a forged, is also your friend. I assume that you're part of the same group. So, let me explain to you how it's going to go. And then you can decide at what point you want to finish this up. We only need a little bit more before we finish off being able to produce and work firearms. We need a little bit more information, and unfortunately, your companion across the hall has not worked with us at all. Everything about our firearms is pure dwarven ingenuity. We would like your help. At this point, we're not sure that we need it. Now, I'm gonna make you a deal. If you help us, We'll let one of them go. Don't even care who at this point. You can pick that. If you don't help us, we're going to finish what we started with the person across the room from you, who I have to assume is your master. If after that you're not properly motivated, we'll begin work on your friend. Your friend can tell you that Our gloves are particularly potent when it comes to you, and 
we will do what we have to with our particular brand of um, interrogation uh, in front of you, in that cell across from you, until such a time as where you want to work with us. Now, I know that you're probably thinking that you're not going to work with us, and what you have decided is that you would rather watch your master die in front of you, and then you would rather watch your friend be tortured and eventually disassembled in front of you. Then you would rather go through the torture yourself and then die at our hands. And then you'll have done nothing but essentially suffered. I know that's probably what you're thinking right now. I'm asking you to reconsider. Ten is, um... Ten is quiet, and... She says, I can only hope that Roberto will forgive me because I cannot betray the oath that I have taken or the lives of the people who are at risk should you get this information. You will receive no help from me. I can only imagine you offered me this opportunity because you still need it and you need some kind of gunslinger to help you crack the last bit of this. You will receive no help from me. So he kind of sighs and he walks over and he says, young sir, and he looks at Roberto and he's like, is there any aid you can offer us? I'm not speaking to you until I get my cat back. (laughs) What? My cat. He looks through his notes. You have a cat? I have a cat. It's in my bag. (sighs) He looks so confused. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like this was not his nuts. <sighs> he walks away. He's like, hold, hold on a second. He he goes, and you hear him open the door, then shut the door, and you wait for a little bit, and the door opens, and he comes in with a small cage, <gasps> and inside is your cat. And what's your cat's name? I don't have a name for it. Okay. It's just kind of cat. It's just cat. So yeah, cat's looking at you. And it kind of paws at you a little bit. And he puts it in the cell across from you. Oh. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what your cat can do. Not taking any risks. That's fair. <laughs> that cat's in the cell when you're ready to work with us or help us in any I mean, any way. Uh, you can have the cat. But it's got to be something worthwhile. Define worthwhile. Uh, I'll... Let you know what is worthwhile once you hand it over, I suppose. I don't have a set of criteria for you to checklist off. Um, I will tell you that we're not going to feed the cat. Oh, motherfucker. I mutter under my breath. Yeah, so Um, it's up to you. I'm going to need some time. All right, no problem. And then, like, (laughs) if if you really pay attention to him, you look over at... You see him, like, look over the cat and just be like, <laughs> like, for some reason, that's what's hitting him. Like, <laughs> he did not have cat plans when he walked <laughs> into the situation. Um, but he turns around and uh, he says, well, all right, I know I have time. And he looks over at uh, Nina. And he looks oh, over fuck. at Tin and he walks out. Wait. He stops. I can give you something, but you're gonna need to let, allow me to heal the woman across from the cell. What? I know many things about guns. I am not a gunslinger <laughs> myself, but I have been traveling with my part with my friend here for many years. All right, let's roll that deception check. Oh, <laughs> oh fuck! What is my charisma? Okay, I got zero charisma. Let's do this. 
Sonnen, nein. It's like in that moment, Roberto was like, what is, what would Vasa do? <laughs> I know. He's just like trying to like get off her, but he has none of her charm. Yeah. And he, he just looks at you and he's like, don't waste my time again. And he's, he walks away. And there's nobody else. Nope. Than the three of us and the cat. No. I, um, what kind of, like, how is the cage that the cat is in locked? Or is it, is there any kind of special lock on it? Or No, it's like a regular old cage that they had to go find. So, um, well, first Tin will turn to Roberto and very quietly, it's just like, do you have any kind of spells that can cause a distraction, can bring down the walls around us, anything? You know, I got fog cloud. I'm, I'm, that's all I got. Okay. Fog, fog cloud, cloud. speak with animals. Oh, I can speak with animals. Okay. <laughs> we, you actually might need that. Um, Except I need to sleep before I can have more energy to summon to, to, to cast anything. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm very magically tired. I have a cantrip that's called Mage Hand, and it has a 30-foot range, and I'm thinking of sending it to try and release the cat from the cage. <laughs> uh, the Mage Hand cannot pick the locks, is the problem. Oh, okay. I thought it was just normal cats oh, just have those little oh, sliding Oh, you're right, things. you're right. It is just a little hinge. You're right. I don't take my cat so, to the vet. My wife does. So I forgot. Okay. You're right. It is just a little <laughs> what like... Kind of, what kind of locks are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so I'll use the mage hand to um, do that. And maybe I'll just, just be like, uh, I think you should spend time with him if possible. If you have no other options. <laughs> oh my God, Say your final goodbyes. <laughs> Cat wanders across the hall and then just kind of comes up and climbs on, like it tries to get on your back and snuggle up since that's where it hangs out. Mm-hmm. And it just, mm-hmm. it, it tries to go to sleep. And uh, Tin, Tin just says, it's like, I'm sorry, my friend, this is the only kindness I can afford you um, in you. this time. Uh, that's more than, that's more than anything that could we like we and there's more that I, I can need right now so thank you um uh, we need to <laughs> we need to figure out how to get out of here and so we cut back over to vasa and the group are you going to go out and try and jump a dwarf <laughs> it'll be um had a senior moment so at one point uh before we were talking she would have sat up right suddenly and been like Oh yes, the oath. We we now have to kill all the dwarves. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, so I just wanted to insert that all of those things she was having, those qualms about killing the nice guy in the Brotherhood, they're gone. She's now 110 percent behind fully exterminating them. Yeah, uh, Vasa would have said, um, "Well, I'm glad you decided to join the party, Grandmother. However, is it does it specify in your oath exactly when they have to die?" No. All right then. <laughs> but no, but she would like look at Ertlebe again and be like, "Grandmother." Yes. Can they afford to die? Perhaps a little later. Say, possibly at the hands of the rest of your gunslinger guild. Well, I don't know if Benjamin Manley is going to show up, but he sent him those letters, so I sure hope so. Well, then we can we can trust that should their wrath be even half of yours, <laughs> that all the dwarves here are dead. And therefore, going by the assumption that all these dwarves are simply dead and they don't know it yet, we can feel free to operate with as much destruction as possible to get our friends out and possibly get out of this alive. Now, what I'm thinking is that, one, we, div- we have to devise some sort of explosives, some sort of inflammatory explosives that we will set off at the ship port and also at the jump rail, therefore giving the illusion that we are trying to break in and into the transport systems to escape the city. Hopefully that will draw the concentration of the dwarves, although I doubt that it will cause them to evacuate the cellars. 
At the same time, we have already kidnapped a higher-up dwarf, which we will use to sneak into the cellars. It is after this, possibly 15 or 20 minutes, that we instruct the doppelgangers to set up to set loose the inflammatory bombs to pull away the dwarves. At the same time, we give them instructions that should we not escape the cellar within half an hour, within two hours, they are to ignite the rest of the city just to burn this whole fucking place down. And as a final contingency plan, if we all get captured, then we all just take this entire place down with us and we take our respective naps and hope the nightmares slice them all to pieces. This sounds like a very good idea, yes. Maybe not the fire on the city, but fire on the brotherhood parts of the city. That I This entire back. city is broken. It needs to be rebuilt. My grandchildren live here. They chose a poor place. You should tell them to get on the jump rail. <laughs> I mean, if I can ever find Torrens. Do you know how to make bombs? I was hoping that other people would have that skill. <laughs> no? Well, then so. we just have fire on our hands. We have our friendly fire. And Claiborne says, well, I know I'm not going to get any traction with this, but I respect your need to slaughter all the dwarves to preserve your secret. But, again, all due respect, part of the reason that Cosnick is such a terrible place to live is because it's run by a group of people who think they're the only ones that should have the knowledge. And oh. so you want to blow everybody up. So that only you people have the knowledge. And all due respect, I think that we're in a lot of trouble because everyone's trying to be the only ones that know anything. And Cog has a kind of long history about where that's wrong. So I think the idea that we're going to hunt down and murder every single dwarf is going to end up getting us killed. I think our best plan is to go in, extract, and leave. Because... How many of those dwarves talk to their wives? Maybe the wives know something. Their wives must be bitches, too, if they married them. Well, sure, but we'd have to go <laughs> find them then. It's not good enough to go into the Brotherhood of Iron and kill everyone in there, because what if dwarves have the day off? Then we're going to have to get their addresses and go hunt them down there. What if they have friends? What if they go to a local bar and they run their mouth? We're, we're, we're talking about wholesale slaughtering anyone even connected i appreciate that you have a creed but that creed may need to be updated at the very least if everything you've told me so far and she's like looking to brummelstone at this point if everything you've told me so far about your mission and how important it is is true then this stardust thing is bigger than their creed i would agree i think i think Explosions for distractions are fine, but I don't know about burning the whole city down. I don't know. What's the plan after we get out, if we get that far? Well, I was thinking that the, the, the subsequent fire, if we don't get out in two hours, is not necessarily to, to achieve slaughter. It's to, create, it's to generate larger chaos so that they can't just hole up in their cellar. They actually have to do something about it. It's sort of like upping the ante, like if they don't respond enough to the first chaos and then we don't manage to get out of the cellar, the second fire is to just force them, force their hand. And not necessarily to, like, target the dwarves. Yeah, I mean, I can go with that. Yeah, if the purpose is chaos with the end goal being to get our people and get out, then I think there's a, there's a certain flexibility to that I'm willing to, to play with. But everything else... Like we have to get them out and get them safe. That's, I agree. Yeah, that's our that's my priority. Yes, I'm on board, of course. And I really think that as this is a uh, that personal matter of the gun magic is a gunslinger deal, that the entirety of the gunslinger guild should have should have the right to act on that, and that we yeah. should prioritize our own mission. Clayborn, your objection has been noted. I will see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of nods she's like alright well let's go get us a dwarf thanks for listening to episode 33 the life of a kitten if you don't want to wait until next week to hear what happened consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com worldwalkers your support lets me continue creating and improving Worldwalkers, and in return for your support you'll gain access to early and exclusive episodes art from the Worldwalkers, and more 
I want to thank Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com for the music you heard today, and I also want to thank Sirenscape for the sound effects you heard. You can find them at Sirenscape.com. And we should probably stop there if it's one o'clock and we have to uh, kill it. Oh my god, guys, it was so real. So much happened this episode. It was crazy. <laughs> my, my stomach hurts. Aww. If, if, you could, if you could rate, um, if, if Vasa started this entire entrance into COG with a checklist, it would literally have like three things. One, don't piss off the Thieves Guild. Two, don't piss <laughs> off the security uh, powers in check, namely the Brotherhood Iron. And three, don't find out who the gunslinger is. Don't stick your nose in that oh. drama. <laughs> so those were, those were her Just... three priorities coming into the city. And all of those just, like, if she had a little list, she would have torn it up and just like, yeah, why do I even fucking bother? Why do I even fucking bother? I really hope she yeah. had a list. The best is, I like to think that she gave us each the list. It's like, it's just like, she's like, guys, I want you to commit this to memory. We didn't do don't this piss so off the underground. Don't piss off the above ground. Don't stick your nose in any mysteries. We're just here to pass through. Now remember, I've lived a lifetime more than you. Yeah. I made the perfect city. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> Stressful as fuck. And like, how how bleak is it when like Tin is giving Roberto access to his cat as like a palliative <laughs> while he like prepares for death? <laughs> no. That was Tin's moment of look at the flowers. <laughs> it's like now we now we can just tell Twitter, yeah guys i hope you enjoy all 20 episodes of world walkers that's it the end the end the walking dead is really popular and it's pretty much offers the same bleak ending to every character <laughs> <laughs>